Hey everyone, welcome back to The Reluctant Cruise, a One Piece rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, my name is Brian, and with me is Steve. You know, work weeks are long and hard, and the Canadian rock band Rush had a song about working men. Well, I ask you, what about the working women and the working non-binary? And also, fuck. Um, <laughs> also, this is Slash. Oh, pretend that I took a nap today, but I didn't. I'm awake. Um, I have no commentary about the working class, but I hope that as we record this on a Thursday at some point in time to be disclosed later, that everyone who is working right now has a good Friday tomorrow. You know, I hope everyone has a good Friday. Working the whole week. Enjoy your Friday. There you go. Yeah. Enjoy life. Yeah, man. I don't know if... Speaking of working, Eat Arby's. I don't know if I said it last week, but I'd gotten a new job recently and I could go out to eat Arby's more theoretically. And then over the weekend, I got laid off within two weeks of being hired. It was great. Ooh. Good time. It, uh, theoretically, I could spend more time on my recent new obsession with Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and or editing this podcast, which, as Faye would have it, couldn't do either of those in the last few days. So, here we are. But we're glad you're here, though, Brian. Bro, I've, I'm very fucking tired. Just more time to find an even better job. Yes. That job was pretty cool, though. It was good up until they said, oh, wait a minute, we can't sell shit, which means we can't keep you as an employee. So those, like, Five days that I worked were pretty solid. I think I have a sunburn. That's unfortunate. I recently discovered that I don't look bad in bucket hats anymore, or at least I like the way I look in bucket hats, because yesterday I got a sunburn. So I was like, okay, I'm going to find this shit. I look in the mirror while taking a pee. It's like, oh, wait a minute. I think we're onto something here. The hair length is making a difference. But do you look good in straw hats? That's the real question. Um, I usually only wear them in Catalina, but I think I look okay in them. You know who else looks really fucking good in straw hats? Luffy. Red hair shanks. You're not wrong either. That's another great answer. The character who shanks got the hat from. We'll disclose that at another time. They look pretty cool too. Okay, well, here we are. Episode 79, A Raid, the Tin Tyrant and Tin Plate Wapple. We're out at sea. Last when we saw the Straw Hats, they saw this man standing out on the ocean. Yes, you heard me right, standing in the ocean, like Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ, it's a man on the water. Except it's not Jason Bourne. Jesus has a goofy face. Yes. This motherfucker is goofy. Not actually, but he's really jester-like. Let's put it that way. Anyways, the crew starts to kind of mumble. They're talking about this man as he's standing out in the ocean. He's dressed like a jester. He's very kind of peculiar. Can't really talk much about him. And then he starts to make small talk like, 
about the weather with Luffy and Usopp and Zoro? Like, who does this man think he is? A meteorologist? From out beneath him, you hear this huge ship start to emerge from underneath the waves, underneath the water, and it becomes more and more buoyant. It floats up like a, a sunken beach ball in a pool, pops out of nowhere from underneath this Jester-like character. It's a pirate ship known as the Bilking, or the Blicking, slash Tin Tyrant for our character, if we have not figured it out yet. The crew finds themselves being boarded, being taken over by this other ship, and there's this huge, huge commotion that gets going on, and everyone is shouting and, and trying not to be taken over by these pirates. Sanji comes busting out because he was, he was tending to Nami and Vivi. He's trying to figure out what's going on. What are you people up to? You can't even steer this damn ship right. Figure it out. And he finds that they're actually being boarded and taken over. The leader of these pirates, who happens to be chewing on some nice, delicious meat, then starts eating a sword, or a dagger, I should say, and just starts gnawing on it and, and pretty much takes a huge bite out of this dagger. And he is like, you know what? Please give me a log pose or an eternal pose for the Drum Kingdom. And they're like, what the hell is that? Where the hell is that even? Never heard of that place. This metal eating character is then like, ah, oh, you don't know where it is. Well, guess what? We will take over this ship. They're going to take over the ship and take up the treasure. And this character, the metal eating character, then takes this huge bite out of the Marigo's hole. Now I say huge, it's massive. It's bigger than Luffy is. But then all of a sudden, the Strats burst into action, protecting their ship and driving away the invaders. The leader. The metal-eating man, known as Wapol, actually tries to eat Luffy with the power of the munch-munch fruit, which I'm not entirely sure what the Japanese phrase is for it. Yeah, so I forgot to put it in. It is Baku Baku no Mi. Ah, Baku Baku no Mi. Good note. I like it. So... Wapple has the Munch Munch Fruit or the Baka Baka no Mi. However, our rubber pirate captain Baku. 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 Yes, Baku Baku no Mi. Anyways, our rubber pirate then just launches him out of nowhere. Phew. Ding. The invaders are completely stunned, actually. They're like, oh my god, what did they just do to our captain? What's Wapple going to do? Oh, no. And so then they disboard the ship. I don't know, is disboard even a word? I'm going to say disboard the ship and chase after their flying captain, trying to save him. Just as a reference point, those with a devil fruit power cannot swim, so they're out in the middle of the water. 
They're trying to save him before he drowns. Then, all of a sudden, we flash back to a few days past to Captain Smoka and Toshigi, who was talking about her swords and pretty much what she usually does, and that's kind of nerd out about swords. She was rushing because Smoker had called her, and she actually almost impaled herself with one of her legendary swords. But anyways, she catches up to Smoker's side, and the Marines have this different type of snail. And it's an inceptor. And what it does is incept other snail calls, snail phone calls, basically. And what they hear is they actually hear Sanji's conversation with Crocodile. In doing so, they gain some valuable information about Baroque works. And then we see that they try or they're trying to interrogate a Baroque's work member that they captured, Mr. Levin. After hearing Vivi's name, Smoker has this idea. He says we should go to Alabasta because he's smart like that. So they set off for Alabasta. Then we pan back to Luffy and the Straw Hats. And we find that Luffy and Sanji and Vivi are just watching over Nami's worsening condition. It's getting worse and worse and worse. Who knows how long Nami has left. And so they decide to drop anchor for the night because it's getting kind of dark out. And they don't really have the best navigation skills, especially in the dark. So they decide it's best to just stay put. Well, anyways, the entire Straw Hat crew is sleeping, enjoying their peaceful dreams and enjoying the night. And Nami wakes up briefly and sees that the rest of, her, rest of the crew, except for Sanji, who's on watch on the deck, is sleeping around her. And Usopp is making... Repairs to the Mary sleep and Sanji then starts to make mention that's suddenly a lot colder and the waters are a lot calmer. Luffy is kind of joking and doing his normal Luffy stuff in that he's trying to wake up Nami, but he's just drawing the words for meat on his face, which is Niku. So he has like Niku written all over his face and it's. It's just kind of hilarious. Zoro walks in. He's pretty like, you're freaking me out, Luffy. Stop that. Then we pan to Vivi and Sanji and Usopp as they're talking about these different types of islands in the Grand Line, about how they have their different seasons, like spring, summer, autumn, winter. It says that they have different variants from the summeriest summers to the winteriest winters, basically. And everything in between. And some of them don't even fit that category. So it really makes it that each of these islands are very much unique in their own sense. But Vivi says that as you get closer and closer to an island, the waters become calmer and calmer. And the the weather becomes much more like the actual island. So if you're getting closer towards a warm island, it gets warmer and warmer. If you get closer towards a cold island, it gets colder and colder. But then what's this? Sanji spots out in the distance on the horizon, a place that looks quite chilly. 
a winter island, some would say. So they start to set a course for it. Luffy eyes glow and shoot up in wonder when he sees the island is blanketed in snow, thick, thick snow. And he's trying to say to Luffy, Luffy, keep to the plan. You have to find a doctor for Nami. And Sanji is kind of talking with Luffy. Says, aren't you freezing in your clothes? You're like only wearing shorts and a t-shirt and a straw hat. And he's like, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm excited. Kind of his, his normal ways. The gang is about to disembark. Searching the island for a doctor. But all of a sudden, there's these hostile villagers that show up. And they're like, we don't want your kind here, you filthy pirates. And they're like, what the hell? Like, we're just looking for a doctor. Hold on. So the straw hats start to convince him that they're only interested in a doctor. That, that's all we need. We just need a doctor for one of our crewmates. They're super sick. Uh, no one believes him, though, unfortunately. And thinks that they're just lying to them. But then Vivi starts to speak up and says, We really need a doctor, I swear. And all of a sudden, a shot is fired. And Sanji is pretty much ready to throw hands. But he's restrained by Vivi. But what's this? Another shot is fired. And the silhouette falls. The silhouette has a ponytail. Zoro, Sanji, and Luffy gasp and become angry. What's happening? And thus, we have to be continued in the end of episode 79. Pretty exciting, right? I know it's so exciting. Y'all are just shaking in your boots. Yeah, I forgot that there was a Baroque Works member named Mr. Eleven. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I know they go for a while. It's just like a weird point that stuck out. Totally forgot there was a number, a number 11. But I figured they'd go down that far. I mean, they go up to number 13. Sanji brutally murdered 13 in the last episode we covered. Yeah, that is true. Oh, yeah, the pets have names. That's a thing. Well, there you go. I at least remember what they look like. Is his name Otherwise, actually Mr. Eleven? Oh, we, we don't know if the guy has another name. I don't, I don't think he ever shows up again. That's why I didn't remember him. Everything else that happens in the episode is fun, though. It's mm-hmm. nice to get a setup. I like, I like this, this island. Drum, drum key. It is pretty cool. It's one of my favorites in the, uh, in the Alabasta arc for different reasons. But I enjoy. We'll get to the thing that Steve wanted me to bring up beforehand. But I enjoy that. The islands in the Grand Line seem to follow. It's going to make a generalization of science fiction. But besides Dune, I can't think of anything else besides Star Wars planets where one planet is only one fucking thing. Like, oh, here's an ice planet. Here's snow planet. There's a difference. Here's a desert planet, water planet. A planet full of Chewbacca's and trees. Fuck it, this is the Grand Line. The same fucking concept. 
they do say that it still goes through their own versions of the four seasons, but it's mostly tailored to one specific season. And yeah, fucking my guy Wapole is just out here eating shit. It's great. Yeah, it's lit. Eating shit, huh? <laughs> I'm sure he eats actual shit at some point. It might not be on screen, but I believe it has happened. If not, I'm sure there's been fanfic that covers that topic. Oh, God, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> it's a pretty straightforward episode, especially out of all three of the ones that we're covering today. Hits point A to point B to point C, I guess, would be the island itself. Like I'd said back in the first few episodes of this, my favorite person at the time was Wapple when I first watched One Piece from Four Kids. Mostly because I enjoy types of people whose power is just fucking eating stuff. The fact that even Luffy's like, oh my god, this guy is eating a dagger. What's wrong with him? Just is really enjoyable for me. Two or three podcast episodes ago, I said, I don't know if I'm ever going to learn how these fucking islands work. And, you know, here we go. It's another pretty decent, big chunk of information about how the islands work in the Grand Line. So it's cool. Yeah, there, there'll be more as it becomes, I don't want to say more relevant, but th- things will continue to be explained. I guess with that, if no one has any other thoughts, I can push on for episode 80. We've come a long way. So uh, now that we've landed on the island, more or less, it's episode is titled an island without doctors adventure in a nameless land so as this episode picks up i don't know if this is maybe just because of when it aired on tv or just because a lot's starting to happen you get like a really tiny recap of everything that led up to where we are now but then we pick right up with vivi more or less looking like she got shot so immediately the episode title drops we just get right into it and Luffy all of a sudden turns to the townspeople It's like what the hell's wrong with all of you but of course because again like I mentioned TV a nice to be continued cut always makes you wonder but yeah Vivi's okay except not really she says the bullet only grazed her shoulder her arm but at the same time she's like yo nah Luffy don't don't just jump in don't be stupid and she then gets on her knees uh, and prostrates, you know, bows down, puts her head on the ground in like a a way that's kind of implying like she's lower than them. You know, like she's surrendering. She begs the people to actually help because they, they do need to find a doctor for Nami. They don't have time to mess around. And at the same time, she looks up at Luffy after that as there's some blood dripping off her arm. And she's like, yeah, you gotta you gotta make more wise decisions you're never going to be a good captain if that's the case and luffy actually takes a rare moment of at least rare so far of slowing down and stopping because he can see the conviction in vivi's eyes i want to believe and he then does the same thing and follows after her where he's like gets down prostrates himself as well he puts his head on the ground he's like yeah, you know what? Vivi's right. Please help our friend. We need to find a doctor. 
And then seeing this surrender as the pirates aren't fighting back, there is a man who finally shows up. Uh, and he's like, you know what? I'll take you guys into town. Come with me. And then Luffy looks over at Vivi. He's like, damn, you were right. Thank you for helping. Kind of a weird moment like to see him do that, I think. But we'll talk about that more later. Uh, it's good kind of weird, though. It kind of shows a bit of character growth. Anyway. Uh, they are now following this man who is got kind of a large build. He looks pretty stout and sturdy. You know, like he'd, like one could almost say he looks like a bear in human form. We'll get to that later, maybe. Um, who knows? But anyway, he's hiking them into the main village uh, where him and the other townspeople live. And uh, he starts to have a conversation with the crew. He's like, yeah. Well, there is a doctor here, but unfortunately, the only doctor here is actually a witch. And of course, Usopp starts to wonder, you know, what are they getting themselves into like normal? But as they continue to travel, Sanji then asks him, hey, what is this place? What's this country called? And the man responds back that this country is a land that still has no name, which makes it sound very ominous and obviously begs a lot of questions. But we get into that soon as well. And as they're having this conversation, um, as you as you would in a snowy land, a hiking bear comes by, which is just this giant bear with a pickaxe. And uh, Usopp is obviously freaking out because he thinks it's a bear that's going to eat them. But instead, it's just very casually and not even. No one even gives it a second wink's notice or anything. But uh, this this man is just like, oh, yeah, that's just a hiking bear. Make sure you give it a little nod and a bow when it walks by. It's a courteous thing to do. And that just kind of happens. I don't remember if the hiking bear comes back later, but it's, you know, watch out for hiking bears. Anyway, uh, as they're continuing to walk to town, uh, Zoro, man, actually, he stayed behind with the ship. Uh, so he is training with his shirt off because that's just a Zoro thing to do. And he's trying to resist the cold air. And Karu is just watching and chilling with them. So anyway, go back to their main group, which is pretty much everyone but Zoro. And we are now in the main town, even though the island doesn't exactly have a name. The towns here still have names. That's an important distinction. So we land in what seems to be the main village called Bighorn. Um, and the, the man helping them, uh, as we hear, his name is Dalton, because that's how one of the villagers refers to him. And at first, they're like, I don't know, Dalton, are we sure? Should we trust these pirates? But Dalton gives them some reinsurance and just says that he has a hunch. And then Vivi also points out that most of the citizens who had came to check on the boat are just that. They're not military. They're just citizens, which is different. It's not maybe what she was expecting for, I guess, her perceptions of a country based on what she knows. But. We will see that more as we continue in her reflections on well, her position from her own country. Anyways, the citizens in this town also mentioned to Dalton that, oh, an election is coming up too, which obviously there's a lot going on here. Dalton offers them a place to stay once they come into town, uh, especially at least to help Nami out while she's still sick. Uh, and at the same time, as they start to settle down, he keeps thinking and wondering that he's seen Vivi before. His intuition is obviously right because Vivi is the child uh, of a ruler from a country that's actually pretty close by, as we'll find out soon enough once we 
who passed this island. But e- either way, Dalton has his suspicions that Vivi is the princess. But as this is going on, he starts to ask, like, hey, I, do I know you from somewhere? You look familiar. And Vivi obviously is blushing and trying to hide it. Uh, she turns the conversation over to Nami's fever, though. He's like, yeah, no, like, e- even if all you've got is a witch as a doctor, you, you re- would really appreciate it if you would help Nami out. And of course, while this serious conversation is happening, uh, I think Vivi is looking to stare at the window in a mildly longing fashion. And then, of course, uh, both Usopp and Luffy are playing in the snow like they are both seven years old, which at the same time, as cute as it is, it's obviously a contrast to the (laughs) nature of the conversation that's going on. As things go on, Dalton begins to mention the mountains behind the town. And they're known as the Drum Rockies. Uh, at the top of these Rockies, apparently, is a castle in which the witch, a.k.a. Dr. Kureha, lives. According to Dalton, legends say that she is 140 years old, and she is very skilled as a doctor. But right now, there's hardly any way to reach her due to well, events that we will find out which transpired at another time. But regardless, she comes down at her own pace and kind of just does what she wants and sort of helps people, but she also has a very peculiar reputation. And weirdly enough, Luffy actually points out, he's like, huh, she sounds like a doctor, but at the same time, she sounds like a pirate, which is a really weird connection for him to make, but that might come around later, too. Hmm. According to townspeople, says Dalton, lots of people I've seen her potentially riding around in a sleigh at night, like she, almost like she's a Santa Claus. Uh, and not only that, but that she's also seen with strange creatures that she cares for and others through the night, too. So she's just a big old enigma, but that's why everyone thinks she's a witch. Regardless, the group does need to cure Nami now. So uh, Luffy, as we cut over to, is just slapping Nami in the face as she's like in this bed trying to chill in the house that Dalton has let them uh, take refuge in. He's just like, hey, hey, wake up, wake up. And everyone's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what? Everyone just looks over at him and it's just like, you're slapping your friend who's sick. But as she kind of comes to and wakes up, uh, he's like, look, Nami, we got to climb a mountain. Cause that's where the doctor is. And everyone's like, what? what? Luffy, you're out of your mind. Why are you trying to get her to climb? She needs to rest. But as, as they argue back and forth, and even though Nami can tell that everyone is concerned for her safety, she puts her hand out and she's like, wait, now nah, we should do this. We need to get back on track fast. And so they, her and Luffy exchange a bit of a high five. And they're like, well, okay, screw it. We're going to do this. So the group has their doubts, but they still manage to bundle up and tie Nami to Luffy's back. So he should be able to at least support her as they try to climb up the drum mountains and get to the castle. As they're ready to leave, Dalton advises them that they should try and climb from the other side of the mountains, too, so they've got a bit of a way to go. The reason for this being is because there are apparently these giant, crazy, man-eating rabbits known as lapis or lapis. And even though he warns of them, Luffy's just like, well, screw it, whatever, let's go. Or hopefully we make it before Nami dies. And then at least that's what the translated translated subtitle said, if I'm recalling that correctly in the notes I took. but. Sanji's like, why would you say that and jinx this? But they run off uh, or potentially kill a rabbits to avoid. 
Um, and there you go. So yeah, it's, San it's Sanji accompanying Luffy as well on this. Uh, and as they run off, both Vivi and Usopp look longingly, but also anxiously up at the mountains. And even though Dalton invites them inside at first, he kind of notices that they have their mind on Nami and obviously care for her. And he actually sits outside with them and kind of joins them in a moment that seems to be like a very quiet uh, exchange of friendship, I guess is the best way of describing it. Uh, so that, that's, for, that's at least a bit of progression there. He starts to open up to Usopp and Vivi as they're sitting down. And he actually brings up that, yeah, there used to be doctors here. There was never just one doctor in town. And conveniently enough, uh, their land used to be a nation that was semi-well-known for their advances in uh, medical research. But a couple months ago, the country was destroyed by other pirates, which is why everyone was so nervous when Luffy and everyone pulled up. So apparently, the pirate who destroyed this village or this island rolled through with actually a man named Blackbeard, which is the first time he is mentioned in the story thus far. We'll talk about it at the end, but uh, that actually was something that I got reminded of. I, I could have sworn, well, give me one second to get to it, but the as Dalton goes on, though, once Blackbeard left, uh, the country's former name was actually called the Drum Kingdom. And the big twist here is that Wapple was apparently the king of the Drum Kingdom. And then he goes on to say that some of the villagers are actually happy that the king is no longer there anymore. Because most people say that he was the worst. We'll cut back to that in a second because then where the episode goes is that Luffy and Sanji are climbing up the mountain. And they finally meet one of the big rabbits. But it's just there's this rabbit chasing them. But they're walking up the hill having the most nonsense conversation ever. And like it gets to the point where Sanji is just asking Luffy about women having smooth skin in cold regions because apparently they rub their skin because they need to stay warm. It's just, he goes off on the dumbest tangents. Well, they're like Sanji kind of tangents, but they're still dumb tangents. But the gag that is taking place at this moment is that the rabbit that's chasing them, every time... You know, the rabbit's about to jump and get them. They're just running at a very leisurely pace. They're talking about random nonsense and the rabbit's just being ignored. But eventually Sanji just kicks it away and finally acknowledges it. So they stop annoying it. Or stop stop being annoyed by it. Excuse me. But as they continue to climb the hill, they get stopped by a whole bunch of big rabbits. There's not just one anymore. Some that are standing up like bears, some that are on all fours. It's just a whole pack of rabbits. Uh, while this is going on, we cut back to Usopp, and uh, he's explaining to Dalton that, yeah, they actually met Wapool earlier and how he attacked them. And Vivi, also in a moment of somewhat revealing herself to, uh, remembers that she met Wapool at a meeting of monarchs and other leaders when she was younger because she went to this meeting with her dad. For some reason, she decides to say that out loud, most likely lost in conversation. and. Dalton feels like his assumptions are on the right track and that she's definitely the princess of Alabasta. But either way, yeah, Wapul was the drum kingdom king. And Dalton says that Wapul is actually just calling himself a pirate as a cover because he apparently didn't even try to fight Blackbeard when Blackbeard came to the island. And that's a big reason why, aside from kind of just being a huge asshole overall, 
despite trying to hold on to the title of king as best as he can. The first time of trouble, he dipped out once he heard how strong the Blackbeard pirates were. Apparently, there were only five of them as well. So I will maybe we'll meet them in the future. Who knows? But Vivi obviously gets real into this when she hears it as well. She's like, why would a king leave his country? What kind of disrespectful bullshit is that? Like, how like how are you even a king? But I guess conversely, Dalton lets them know that the remaining people who live in the village have come together and they decided to make a new kingdom or at least try to name the new kingdom. And their only really major fear is that Wapple might one day return to the island. So we cut back to Luffy once more. And then him and Sanji are finding the, the Lapins uh, up in the mountains. And they're trying to take care of Nami and get through, but there's just a whole lot of them. And then our final cut to Wapple on the ship. And it seems that they've found the Drum Kingdom. It's off in the distance. I can finally see it. And all of a sudden, we get the ending. It's to be continued. And, but it's like etched in the snow was the note I took. So, yeah, what do you guys think? Getting exciting. Um, This is probably one of the first episodes that is super, super, um, what is it? I don't want to say canon heavy, but it just has a lot of information that doesn't necessarily pertain to Drum Kingdom. So a little bit of it is like about pirates, about uh, other islands about about a whole bunch of other stuff and it really just plays in great like it just mixes well and gives a great backstory it's not too in depth it's not too dry um it just really has some grip to it and that's what i like about it so overall yeah great backstory killer can't say much better and i really enjoyed it i didn't realize that they would mention blackbeard so early because the main thing that i know him from doesn't happen f- until another 200 episodes i think it's a little less but i yeah i know what you mean so for them to say oh yeah blackbeard was here he totally fucked us all up I was like, oh, wow, that is much earlier than I expected. Although, to be fair, they do set up a bunch of other things that show up later, even earlier than this. Yes, they do. Yeah, that was my like thought from earlier was that I um, like I, I, I knew Blackbeard gets like mentioned like soon enough, but I thought because of where we were that Wapole was just the one that was being an asshole to everyone, or I, I, I forgot the plot point of that. That Wapole is was the king. Like I knew he had something to do with the island. It's just it's been a minute since I've watched this arc all the way through, so it's just kind of a being reminded of that. Like, oh yeah, I guess Blackbeard did roll through here. Like what the? <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that, that, I don't know. I thought that was it, but yeah, uh, there's there's a lot going on in this episode. I think it's. Uh, it's pretty dense, like I said at the start, but a um, lot, lot of good, good reveals going on. Good, good learning right away about this this country and a lot of its potential problems. And uh, neat to see that uh, Dalton recognizes VV too, so you can kind of see that they're they're in the same neck of the woods. They're not all just randos that are completely disconnected from each other. Yeah. So 
we learned a little bit more about my favorite character ever, Wapple. Second, well, just above Eric. Oh my God. But definitely, yeah. You got to love a man that completely abandons his kingdom without fighting whatsoever. <laughs> Nothing but love. Uh... But if we don't really have anything else to say, I guess I'll carry on with the next episode. Episode 81. Are you happy? The doctor called witch. We open up and we see Sanji and Luffy who find themselves being attacked from all sides by the Lopins. And Sanji tells the rubber boy that he needs to avoid fighting back because if he, like, if Luffy actively puts up a fight, it'll probably start to worsen Nami's condition. So eventually, the pair managed to make a break for it up a small hill. And they're away from the giant rabbits, and Luffy, seeing that they're all below them, starts taunting them, and that taunting pushes the Lopins to continue their pursuit. And Sanji's like, why'd you have to go and do that? And we cut to Dalton, who is still curious and more than likely suspicious when it comes to Vivi and the Straw Hat Pirates. And he wants to know, like, who these people are. They're going around traveling without a doctor. So Usopp asserts that they are pirates. And yeah, they can escape most danger because they have a brave warrior of the sea, which in his mind, he's referring to himself. But it applies to the majority of the crew. So the marksman further says that their hope was to find a doctor here on the island, but they weren't expecting to only find one who would end up being a witch. Dalton restates that Kureha is all that they have, and they're, we're going to get back to this in a little bit, but there is pretty much no doctors whatsoever available on this island. So a village woman, one that had come up singing Dalton's praises in the last episode, walks up and says, oh, Dalton, I heard that you guys are looking for Kureha. And he says, like, oh, yeah, we were sending some people up the mountain right now to go find her in the castle. And the woman says, oh, but she's over in this other town. I couldn't tell what they said, but I believe it ended up being called Cocoa Weed which is just funny to me for reasons I can't explain. But yeah, so the witch is in another village. You just get that feeling of the princess being in another castle. So we cut to that village, and we see this child inside a bar, restaurant type of place. We'll call it an inn. Split the middle. And this child is crying uncontrollably, and the customers are like, man, shut that kid up. Fuck. And the inn owner is like, hey, come on. If you're not going to stop crying, I'm going to send you to your room. All this crying draws the attention of Kureha and her steed, whom she refers to as Chopper. She says that a child that is crying uncontrollably for seemingly no reason, probably has an underlying reason that they don't understand 
and probably can't really explain. So she goes, she checks over the boy, and the boy says, oh, my hands, they hurt. And she just, like, presses down hard on his legs, which is kind of a little trick you can use for someone that has pain, I guess, where, you know, you, you shock them with the pain in another part of the body. But the dad is like, what the hell are you doing? And she's like, oh, look. He's not feeling the pain in his hands anymore. Also, look at these very weird bruises. It's an infection spreading throughout his body, and it might be getting to the bones, so she starts to work to treat him. We cut away from that to see that Zoro is still training, and now he is swimming in ice water, trying to convince Karu to join, but the duck shuts its eye, refusing to join. And because it shut its eye, it doesn't see Zoro once Karu reopens them. So immediately, the duck just starts jumping to the worst possible conclusions, like, oh my god, Zoro drowned. And it jumps in the water, trying to find the swordsman to drag him out. And once the duck is in the water, Zoro comes popping out like, oh man, didn't expect to see so many fish down there. And he is clearly enjoying himself, taking a little dive in the water. Then we do another cut to see Sanji and Luffy and the Lopins. And the Lopins just keep, well, they start to jump up and down. And Luffy is confused, like, what are they doing? And Sanji drops a cigarette, says, I think I know what's happening. Then you see Dalton, Vivi, and Usopp on their own sled on the way to Cocoaweed, and I'm just going to go full steam ahead, assuming that that was what the name of the village was. And Usopp goes, you know, we didn't actually ask you about your past, Dalton. And Dalton reveals that he was pretty much like the guard captain for the former Drum Kingdom, back for Wapple and his father before him. So... Basically, he says that Wapple's father was a good king who was more or less kind, and things had been going pretty well, but then once he died, Wapple took over, and things went to shit very quickly. And yeah, one of the major things that happened was that Wapple decides to expel, possibly execute, all but 20 doctors of Drum Kingdom. So that way he can force obedience from the citizens of Drum Kingdom. Like, oh, you're sick? You need something to be done? Well, if you need to see a doctor, you have to come crawling to me and beg for it. And Vivi sees this as a massive failure of a monarch. She has her own sense of ideals for how a ruler should act. And Vivi is outraged at this and I don't know this breach of conduct I guess and that tips Dalton off to her identity cut to Zorro he is still shirtless and now he is wandering the woods because somehow some way Zorro is lost again even though he had been diving literally right next to the ship and so you see Zorro wandering around thinking how am I going to survive basically, until he sees Kureha 
in her own sled being pulled by Chopper. So he walks up and he starts to ask for a ride, but he just can't help himself and keeps commenting on, in his words, this weird old lady because she's not really dressed for the cold weather either, kind of like Luffy was at the start. We didn't really describe it, but she's kind of dressed like a punk rock chick. She's got like a crop top shirt around her stomach belly button. And she's wearing leather pants and like a leather jacket. So you see this old woman just dressed to go to a fucking backyard show or something. And she's in the snow. He's Zoro. It's just like, this is really weird, but please give me a ride. She says, I'm only 139 or something like that. Punches the shit out of Zoro saying, I've still got it. More or less. And then we cut again to the beach and you see Wapple and his men have just finished up assaulting the coast. And now they've landed after massacring all of the citizen guardsmen. And Wapple jumps up on his own mount, which seems to be some sort of snow hippo. He's like, let's go to the castle. And a soldier comes up and says, Wapple, those straw hats are here, and here's their ship. So he's like, those fuckers lied to me. They said they didn't even know where Drum Kingdom is. And so he orders his men to kill all of them, but the soldiers say, but sir, the ship is empty. And he's like, well, the ship's empty, huh? I guess you're going to have to die failing me. And then his two lieutenants, I didn't fully catch the one with the big afro, but the jester's name is Chess. They both say, Wapple, you don't really have to kill him. He's just like a useless subordinate. So they kind of get Wapple to spare the dude's life. And now they're just going to keep advancing towards the castle, which is where Korea lives now. So we get yet another cut back to Cocoaweed, and we see that Usopp is fucking pissed to learn that they dismissed Kureha yet again. Because now she is going to a village that was in the opposite direction from where they had left. So they left Bighorn in one direction towards Cocoaweed, Kureha is heading towards a village in the opposite direction of Bighorn. So at some point, they must have, like, barely missed each other on the way. And, yeah, they're just playing a fucking game of tag, basically. The lone survivor of the guards who has been making his way, crawling to find Dalton, finally manages to catch him in Cocoaweed and warns him that Wapple is returning. And you see this look on Dalton's face, righteous anger, and he runs off, intent on stopping Wapple from coming back and fucking things up yet again. And that is when he turns into a fucking slash said bear. I kind of thought it was like a, like horns, so it's a bull. But either way, Dalton's a fucking anamorph. I think it's more of like a bull. I just kind of... I, I didn't want to lead it on too hard because I realized that happened in the next episode, but yeah. This dude, like, fucking shapeshifts into a giant animal. And yeah, 
I was going to say that's where the episode ends, but the episode doesn't end there. Would have been a pretty solid fucking place to end, but we get one last cut, and we see Sanji and Luffy, and Sanji says, okay, Luffy, you've got to run. Luffy says, what, why, where? Sanji says, anywhere, just anywhere that isn't here. Those rabbits are going to cause an avalanche. And we get a to be continued. What do you guys think? So I just looked up one of uh, Wapple's sidekicks, the one with the afro, and his name is Kuro Marimo, which is black something. Why does he have such a longer name versus the other one's name is just Chess? Chess. I don't know. I don't know what Kuro Marimo means. I know it's black something, but. I'd be curious as what to, it translates to. Wait. Okay. Here's here's what the notes on it. So translation. With regards to his name, Kuro means black, and Marimo is a kind of algae that forms into round balls due to the action of the tides. So it's talking about like to his, hair. his hair. Yep. It's a way of referring to his hairstyle. Yeah, because I, was, I wasn't sure it was the same, but I know later on as like banter, uh, Sanji calls Zoro Marimo a lot because his hair is like it looks like well because Zoro's hair is like greenish but it's also spiky so he's just making fun of it like it's like grass on the lawn Yeah. but I was never sure if that was meaning the same thing in this context I think I remember his name being Kuro Marimo like now that you said it but in the episode I thought that after I wondered if that had the same dual meaning so i guess it's close enough but yeah it's a, I, I i get they're doing the bit in this episode with oh well, you just missed kareha again oh no it's uh, it obviously leads to them getting dragged across the whole island uh kareha is pretty cool um it's definitely she shows up much later she definitely exists but I, I, f- I forgot that she's she's a real fun character. It's been a minute since I've watched this arc, like I said, but uh, yeah, it's fun. And yeah, Wapples in town. Shit's shit's, shit's gonna get wild. I had a lot of fun with this episode. It had a lot of ups and downs. Had a lot of oh man, we just missed them. But it also had a lot of good humor. It wasn't dry. It wasn't. Yeah, they were kind of tropes commonly used tropes but they were still really fun and really relaxing in the sense it really made the the emotion of the arc a little bit better in my opinion to cover my bases one part that i forgot to put in the notes while i was doing them but is kind of important is that i think we mentioned it before but when kareha heals someone she extracts exorbitant prices, seemingly. So, as payment for their treatment. So, when the boy is fine, she's like, okay, well, I'm out of trash bags and paper towels. I think that's what she had said. So, I'm going to take everything that you have from those. I'm going to take your food and half of this restaurant's assets and everyone's like what the fuck is wrong with you you can't just overcharge sick people like this 
it's kind of like the American healthcare system, but the boy is like smiling, like, oh, thank you for making me better. It doesn't hurt anymore. And she says, okay, for that, I'll discount it. Only 49% of the restaurant's assets. So just to reiterate, she's not, as we can tell at this moment, it would appear that she isn't doing this out of the kindness of her heart. But who knows? We'll see what happens in the next few episodes. Yes, we shall. Yeah. Okay, well, shitty internet connections aside, um, it looks like this is it for us this week. Steve, what do you have to plug? Well, I've been taking more and more of a break on social media, um, but the, I still have it. So but my big thing I use is Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Steve, S-T-V-E, Hornyak, H-O-R-N-Y-A-K, basically my name. Uh, I post a lot of, I don't really post a lot of One Piece stuff. I most so like a lot of One Piece stuff and retweet some One Piece stuff. But I also retweet and like other things as well. So a little more variety in life, I tell ya. But yeah, that's what I have to plug. Well, I guess for me, I'll do the same. Uh, I also mostly just stick to Twitter. Um, I don't know if I should take more of a social media break. I'm kind of just enjoying my summertime right now, but maybe that's maybe that's okay. Otherwise, uh, my Twitter is at Roblink, same as it always is. Uh, mostly just a lot of nonsense, some serious, sometimes not so serious. So there you go. Yeah, shitty internet. Um, you can find me on most social media platforms if I can reach them with my shitty connection. With the handle at El Tubacabra, that's E-L-T-U-B-A-C-A-B-R-A, you can find the show on Twitter with the handle at Reluctant Cruise. You can find us on Instagram with Reluctant Cruise Podcast. You can email us if you want to by sending that to reluctantcruise at gmail.com yeah I don't fucking know man fuck it have fun on that cruise I'm stopping this recording now for myself at least My internet. Cabra. <laughs> well. Well. I'm not sure if he had more to say. I'm sure this part will probably be clipped out. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to keep the recording going and see if this timestamp. <laughs> he'll, he'll figure out the ending. At least we got pretty much to the end.
Let me send a message on Discord through phone so it's not clickety clackety on this recording. Yes. Yeah, did you did you have a connection issue or something? We heard you for a minute. If you're talking, we can't hear you now. Okay. I don't know if you can hear us, but we both said our bits, so my recording's at like a minute what an hour and eight minutes ish. So I think if we cut here Whatever gap of space was before I started talking now is probably where you can edit in whatever you were saying, probably. So I'm going to stop recording now. I don't think we're going to fuck with Facebook. I don't know why I'm bringing that up. Almost 30 episodes in. But, you know, I never brought it up before. Fuck it. Eventually, we'll add dying Snapchat and still surprisingly emerging TikTok. Everyone's getting on TikTok now. I'm seeing like 40 and 50 year olds using it for professional reasons now. Like, okay, you are an entertainer. This is hip with the kids. Fuck it, sure. This is good marketing, actually. Actually, I saw a really good fucking TikTok from a voice actor who's basically doing a demo reel of all of his characters through TikTok. That was actually pretty fucking phenomenal. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, f fuck it. You can find us at those places for now that I mentioned.